what if I told you your contractors could cost you money and also your reputation? My name is Travis Parker Martin, and I'm the co-author of Delivering Five-Star Restoration Experiences and the VP of Product and Marketing and Know-How. On today's episode of the Five-Star Restorer podcast, we're going to be looking at some rather interesting scenarios between contractor and customer that cost businesses not only a five-star review, but also a whole lot more. Out of the 1,000 bad reviews we analyzed in the restoration industry, the issue we like to call contractor drama came up almost 17% of the time. You'll hear customers' reviews in their own words read by actors. You'll also hear from industry experts Michael Pinto, CEO of the Wondermakers International, and Dan Casera, CEO of Core Group, to get their take on why it's so important to invest in your frontline workers. In one of the most entertaining episodes to date, we'll hear stories of public drunkenness, theft, and even marital infidelity. Get ready for some shocking stories and even more tangible advice that you can use to help avoid any contractor drama of your own. This is episode five of the Five Star Restore podcast, Contractor Drama. The stakes are high when doing work on somebody's home, and having total strangers walking in and out of one's private property is enough to put anybody on edge. Combine that with stressful life circumstances that led to needing a restorer in the first place, and anything less than going the extra mile on the contractor's side might result in a negative interaction. As we'll get to in later sections, there are plenty of micro-interactions that shape a customer's perception of their entire experience. However, the complaints mentioned in this section were so unique, we tagged them separately in our analysis. More than a rude phone call or sarcastic contractor, customers told stories of employees raiding their fridge stealing priceless items, making racist comments, and even destroying marriages. Reading more like a salacious novel than an analysis on bad Google reviews, this section was more exciting than it should have been, but filled with interesting learnings nonetheless. Though the incidents reported vary greatly, the main concerns listed typically revolve around one of three issues. Moral and ethical concerns, disrespect towards customers, and sloppiness on the job. Starting with the most intriguing category first, one of the most common accusations from customers was of theft. With contractors entering and exiting a home at will, our analysis was filled with stories of examples of all types of things going missing, from alcohol to medication, hard cash, and even a revolver. In almost every situation, Businesses abdicated any responsibility and told the customer they were out of luck and could take it up with the police if they had an issue. Complaints of theft seemed even more likely to occur when items were moved off-site for cleaning or drying. In cases like these, customers often complained that not all of their items were returned to them, or businesses were being dodgy in explaining which items they deemed unsalvageable and discarded. Many customers lost priceless items of significance to them, while others became suspicious when particularly valuable items they owned never made it back to their house. 
When I came home the day after the work began, I noticed my gym bag was emptied out and I knew my $1,000 in cash was gone. So I called the project manager and he said there was nothing he could do and I'd have to speak with his bosses. The bosses dodged my calls and didn't call me back for almost two weeks. When I finally spoke with someone, he told me I had no proof and that he wasn't reimbursing anything and that I'd have to handle it on my own with the police. Another recurring complaint was workers showing up visibly drunk or high, potentially putting the customers, themselves, or their colleagues at risk. Notably, but unsurprisingly, this seemed to occur more frequently when emergency jobs came in overnight, possibly disrupting an action-packed evening for a contractor by being pulled into work. Unfortunately, there were more than a few situations where police had to get involved to settle disputes between contractor and customer. At that point, escaping with only a bad Google review probably feels like a win, but overall is clearly a testament of how badly some situations can devolve. They came out to some of our units after a water flood. During the process of removing the wet flooring, the temp workers stole items from several of our units. The temporary workers stole items from more than one unit. They also appeared intoxicated. Some of the missing items included alcohol. It was a mess and awful. The police came out, just a complete circus. Then in some cases, there are the truly bizarre. We can figure out what the learning is for this story later, but it's worth sharing regardless. They were hired to do the repairs on my home after it was hit by a tornado in May 2017. Initially, they were very nice and helpful, but in the end, it winded up being the worst experience of my life. They ended up taking almost seven months to complete the contracted three-month job. Their supervisor wound up sleeping with my wife of 15 years. I caught them in multiple lies and found out he was meeting up with her at our house, her mom's house, and our hotel in Broken Arrow, stating he had documents to sign or discuss things about the house conveniently while I was either working overnight or sleeping. The company filed a restraining order on me after I went to the business to confront him about sleeping with my wife. The business would not hear my complaints of their employees and wound up getting me restrained from even stepping foot on my own property. I fought the trespassing charges and they ended up dropping them after the work on the house was complete. The second, less slightly appalling but no less damaging theme in this section was contractors or technicians causing customers to feel disrespected. Separate from issues related to poor communication or delays, these complaints stem from negative interactions between workers and customers that go beyond just bad customer service. Examples among the reviews analyzed included contractors demeaning homeowners based on their race, sexual orientation, or gender, and sometimes explicitly, and other times subtly or passive-aggressively. In the worst situations, Employees would flat-out state that some aspect of a customer's identity influenced their intelligence and what they knew about their home. More often, however, customers would hear offensive comments made about them to co-workers behind their back. Very rude and unprofessional. Asked me about my nationality first and right away told me that I know nothing because of my nationality. Elsewhere, complaints emerged about workers treating customer possessions or property disrespectfully leaving trash or garbage lying around everywhere, or not taking proper care of household items. When confronted about this, 
Some employees were nonchalant, with one joking, they left garbage around everywhere so the customer could use them for crafts. It's also worth noting that multiple reviews featured customers uncomfortable with workers showing a lack of regard for COVID-19 protocols, failing to social distance, wear masks, or take into account any sensitivities or fears that might exist among the client. As we've all likely experienced, different people have different levels of concern about exposure to COVID-19 and are likely to interpret regional safety precautions through that lens. Regardless, if a customer feels unsafe or uncomfortable being in their own home, that is likely to significantly impact their perception of the overall service provided and is certain to influence any reviews they write. They came in with no mask and had to go back and get masks. They did not practice social distancing at all. I was really disappointed by that. Not sure I would actually use them again. Finally, the last consistent source of negative interactions with contractors was from sloppiness. Distinct from work done poorly, this category encompasses carelessness from workers that led to broken furniture, damage to the house outside of the scope of work, and in general, leaving a place messier than how you found it, which is hard to do in the restoration industry. The root source of this issue is clearly less about employee skill and more about employee commitment and ownership. Reviewers shared stories of contractors leaving food wrappers and soda cans all over the house, showing a lack of sufficient care when moving furniture, damaging different items, and then refusing to take responsibility for their negligence. The people sent in to do the cleanup were not careful at all. They broke the handle on my storm door, the glass door on the stove, and two new theater chairs. I called them the next day, and they blamed the broken chairs on my friend. They left my daughter's room with piles and piles of her stuff thrown on the bed and just tossed our personal property everywhere. They refused to compensate me for anything they broke. Of note, when customers called to complain about sloppy employee behavior, their voicemails were often left unreturned, or they were handed off from person to person within the organization without any resolution. This would suggest a larger culture of apathy and lack of ownership that no doubt influenced whether frontline workers were willing to go the extra mile or not. Lessons for a five-star restorer. While fascinating to read, the complaints in this section are some of the most difficult to mitigate, as the issue doesn't always boil down to a simple principle such as communicate more. That said, there are still plenty of lessons to glean from complaints related to negative contractor interactions, and with intention and consistency, it's possible to detect potential problems in this area before they arrive. The biggest culprit in this section is companies failing to realize how important it is to properly educate their frontline employees and contractors on the role they play in the success of a project, beyond their ability to swing a hammer. This is why Dan Casera, CEO of Core Group, is a vocal champion for the importance of soft skills. I can't stress enough that you've got to invest in your frontline staff, he says. They're the front door to your business. It's great you have a well-paid CEO and talented executive team, but these are not the people your customers are seeing. Anyone on the front lines needs sensitivity training. I'm talking white-glove customer service training so they recognize they are a reflection of the company. 
Too many companies spend far more on water damage certification than investing in the soft skills of their frontline technicians. In some cases, as you invest into training your staff, you may realize you have certain contractors that are better at building rapport and trust with customers than others. This is okay, but the only way to take advantage of this is with proper planning before the project kicks off. As Michael Pinto, CEO of Wondermakers International told us, even the best projects can go awry if the contractor cannot communicate clearly to the client in line with their specific needs. Taking the time to identify those employees ahead of time and ensuring they are empowered to set the tone for the rest of the crew will allow them to play a role in shaping the standard for how your team interacts with the client. However, assuming you've done a great job building a talented team with strong character and integrity, that's still no guarantee that customers won't hurl accusations of theft, lewdness, or worse, at your business. This is where tightly defined and consistently adhered processes will be your offense and defense. Consider any of the cases above where a restoration company had to move materials off-site, only for them not to return as they were deemed unsalvageable. As long as the process of determining which items are worth saving is left to the discretion of an individual employee, your company will have little defense to accusations of stealing. However, if instead of allowing it to be a judgment call, your business had clearly defined the standard across the entire organization for how to determine which possessions are able to be saved or restored, and the employee had proof they were merely following the company process, suddenly, the customer's complaint has much less merit. Whether it's COVID-19 safety protocols, employee location, or time tracking, clear, tangible processes have the dual benefit of holding tension to your business's high standards and covering the neck of your employees when impropriety is suggested. The law of entropy suggests that all things naturally trend toward disorder, and humans will naturally become sloppy or lax in their work unless consistent effort is given to hold them to a predefined standard. Clearly communicating that standard to employees and giving them access to it whenever they need it ensures that the values and high level of expectations you carry for yourself trickles down to your team members as well. The other, much more difficult lesson learned is that in many of the examples listed, there could be a widespread team cultural issue within the company that can't be attributed solely to a single rogue employee. Examples of entire teams moving through a workplace without regard for the condition it's left in, or a pattern of dodging complaints throughout departments, points to a lack of ownership thinking and stalwart leadership within the company at large. Ultimately, workplaces like this are destined to fall apart as contractors do the bare minimum to meet their job requirements, and management is not willing to do the hard work to correct this behavior. Change will happen, frankly, when management starts giving a damn and does something about it. As long as leaders in an organization are willing to tolerate subpar efforts, disrespectful attitudes, and dodging rather than owning problems, organizations will continue to unwind. Customers will continue to have bad experiences, and businesses are going to continue to have to deal with one-star reviews. Turning around a toxic workplace culture is a topic that goes beyond the scope of this analysis. But it's clear when we read this section 
that some issues can be addressed with some simple changes, while others are far more deeply rooted in cultural issues in the company. Contractor drama might not be the most glaring reason customers leave a poor review, it certainly is a common altercation in the industry. Taking necessary steps to improve your staff training will lead to fewer embarrassing employee mishaps and translate into more five-star reviews. Next time on the Five Star Restore podcast, we'll take a deep dive into your customer service and what might be causing poor reviews in this area. If you want to download the full ebook for free, you can do so at 5starrestore.com. That's F-I-V-E restore.com. This episode was produced and edited by Travis Martin and Corbin Smith. Thanks to Ivan Bucenius, Jason Melnichuk, and Candace Washington for their talented reading of our book, Delivering Five Star Restoration Experiences, an analysis of 1,000 bad reviews in the restoration industry. I'm your host, Travis Parker Martin, and we'll see you next time.